Hey, and welcome on to NBA Recap. Today is Friday, December 24th, and we had 11 games on in the NBA last night, so let's get right into them. Starting off in Indiana, the Pacers defeated the Rockets 118-106. In Orlando, the Pelicans beat the Magic 110-104. In Philadelphia, the Hawks just edged past the 76ers 98-96. In Miami, the Heat beat the Pistons 115-112. In New York, the Wizards defeated the Knicks 124-117. In Dallas, the Bucks beat the Mavericks 102-95. In Denver, the Hornets defeated the Nuggets 115-107. In Phoenix, the Suns beat the Thunder 113-101. In Utah, the Jazz beat the Timberwolves 128-116. In San Francisco, the Warriors defeated the Grizzlies 113-104. And finally, in Los Angeles, the Spurs blew out the Lakers 138-110. And of course, the Trailblazers-Nets game was postponed. So we will break down all 11 of those games in just a moment. But first, if you'd like to follow the show on social, we are at NBA Recap Pod, or you can just search YouTube or smart speakers for NBA Recap Podcast. And if you enjoy the show, consider subscribing or leaving a review. It really helps get the word out. All right, so starting off today in Indiana, where the Pacers defeated the Rockets 118-106. to The Pacers were led by Miles Turner. He had 32 points and 10 rebounds. And they also got 24-11 and 11 from Karis LeVert and 18 from the rookie Chris Duarte. Whereas the Rockets were led by Christian Wood, he had 22 points and 8 rebounds. And they got 20 from the rookie Jalen Green. So this game was fairly close throughout. The Pacers were leading throughout the majority of the first half, but it wasn't a huge advantage. It was an eight-point game after the first quarter. The Pacers outscored the Rockets 36-28, to but the Rockets hung around, stayed within striking distance throughout the second and third quarters. Eventually, they tied the game back up midway through the third, and then it was just back and forth throughout the rest of the third and fourth quarters, all the way until about nine minutes to go, and that's when the Pacers really started to pull away. The Rockets' offense stagnated. They failed to score more than 10 points throughout the final nine minutes of this game. The Pacers just pulled away. Jeremy Lamb hit a three-pointer with 8.17 left on the clock that put the Pacers up by seven. It was 97-104. to And then following that, Miles Turner hit a couple of buckets as well, and in the end, it was a pretty comfortable victory for the Pacers, despite the fact that the Rockets were in this game until that final stretch of the fourth quarter. And so unsurprisingly, the Pacers had the advantage in a couple of key stats. Field goal percentage, they shot the ball better, 52% versus 43% for the Rockets. And the rebounding, they absolutely dominated Houston, 47 to 28. Now the Rockets, to their credit, did shoot the three ball better than the Pacers, 40% from beyond the arc for Houston versus just 34% from three for the Pacers. But nonetheless, the Pacers just absolutely dominated the paint, obviously the rebounding, but also the scoring. The scoring in the paint was 62 to 40. So a nice, gritty, hard-fought victory here for the Pacers. And this win takes them to 14 and 19. So they still find themselves in that 13th spot in the Eastern Conference. Seven games up on the Magic and second to last, and just half a game behind the New York Knicks in 12th. And the Pacers are 5-5 five and five in their last 10 games. They have a plus 0.9 point differential, which is still better than several teams ahead of them. And as for the Houston Rockets, this loss takes them to 10-23, and 23, so they are at the bottom of the West. They are two games behind the Pelicans and Thunder in 13th and 14th. Houston has a negative 7.2 point differential. That is second worst in the West ahead of just the Thunder. They're on a three-game losing streak. They're 3-7 and seven in their last 10 games. 
All right, so moving on to the box score and the Rockets. As I mentioned, we're led by Christian Wood in the starting lineup. He had 22 points and 8 rebounds in 31 minutes. And he was efficient as well. 5 of 11 from the field, 3 of 6 from beyond the arc, and 9 of 11 from the free throw line. He had 8 rebounds, 2 assists, and he was plus 2 in the plus minus. In fact, all of the starters for the Rockets were all hovering around zero in terms of the plus minus. It was the bench that really struggled. They were all significantly negative in that regard. And so they also got 20 points from the rookie Jalen Green finally making his return after that prolonged absence. He played 25 minutes in this game and was shooting the ball quite well. 7 of 14 from the field, 6 of 9 from beyond the arc. He had one rebound, two assists, two steals, and a block. He came out of the gates hot, hitting two three-pointers back-to-back to uh, start the game off. So really good stuff for Jalen Green finally getting back onto the court. And they also got 18 points from the sophomore, Jayshon Tate, in 29 minutes. He was also efficient, 6 of 10 from the field, and he had four rebounds, one assist. 15 points for Eric Gordon, the veteran shooting guard, in 29 minutes was also 6 of 10 from the field. And he had five assists, three steals, and a block. And Garrison Matthews, rounding out the starting lineup, had three points only in 28 minutes. And off the bench for the Rockets, they got 10 points from the other rookie, Alperin Shengun, and the backup point guard, DJ Augustine. Shengun had eight rebounds, three assists, one steal, and two blocks as well in 20 minutes. I've said it before, but I'll say it again. He is a fantasy beast on a permanent basis. It is just incredible the numbers that he puts up in limited minutes off the bench. And if he could ever just get a starting role mid-30s in minutes, he would be putting up huge stats. But all of that being said, he was negative 16 in the plus minus, which was the team low. And Augustine, the backup point guard, also had 10 points. He had one rebound, one assist, one steal. Six points for Armani Brooks in 25 minutes. He was negative 15 in the plus minus. And two points for the other rookie, Josh Christopher. Kenyon Martin Jr. did not score at all in 16 minutes. He was 0 of 3 from the field. And as for the Pacers, they were led by Miles Turner. He had 32 points in 37 minutes. He was incredibly efficient, 14 of 18 from the field. And he had 10 rebounds, 1 assist, 1 steal, and 2 blocks. A super productive game for Turner. Uh, This season, he's just averaging 13 points and 7 rebounds. So really good stuff by Turner. And I failed to mention this previously, but there was no Demonis Sabonis in this game for the Pacers. So perhaps Turner was seizing the opportunity and showing off for anybody who might be watching. Hey, look how good we are when I'm the only big man on the roster. So anyways, moving on to the rest of the starters, 24 points for Karis LeVert. It was a really solid game for him as well. He was plus 21 in the plus minus. That was a team high in 36 minutes. He was 8 of 18 from the field, and he had two three-pointers, eight rebounds, 11 assists, three steals, and a block. Really nice production from LeVert stuffing the stat sheet. And they also got 18 points from the rookie, Chris Duarte, in 37 minutes. He was 7 of 15 from the field. He had three threes, two rebounds, four assists. Eight points for Justin Holiday in 37 minutes. He had five rebounds, two assists, one steal. And six points for O'Shea Brissett in 30 minutes. He had seven rebounds, two assists. Obviously, there was no Malcolm Brogdon in this game either for the Pacers. So off the bench, they got 16 points from Jeremy Lamb in 23 minutes. He was 6 of 11 from the field. He had three threes, five rebounds, five assists. He was plus 14 in the plus minus. Eight points for Torrey Craig in 18 minutes. He had seven rebounds. Six for Gogo Batadze, the backup big man. And Brad Wanamaker and Keelan Martin saw the court briefly, but neither of them scored. All right, next up we can move on to Orlando, where the Pelicans defeated the Magic 110-104. to The Pelicans were led by Brandon Ingram. He had 31 points, and they also got 22 from Josh Hart and 20 from Devontae Graham. 
There was no Jonas Valanciunas for the Pelicans, so Willie Hernan Gomez got the start, and he was brutal. He was 1 of 11 from the field for just three points. Whereas the Magic were led by Cole Anthony, the sophomore, making his return. He had 22 points and 11 assists, and they also got 22 from Gary Harris and 20 from the rookie Franz Wagner. Wendell Carter also back in the lineup. He had a double-double as well, 17 and 12. So good to see the Magic getting a couple of their key guys back in the lineup, but unfortunately it was not enough in this game as they were significantly outplayed throughout the majority of regulation. The Pelicans had a huge lead after the first quarter. 32-17 to was the advantage for New Orleans, and they expanded upon that lead even further in the second. So they led by about 20 all the way until halfway through the third quarter. That's when the Magic started to catch fire. It was back-to-back three-pointers from Admiral Schofield and Wendell Carter that helped kickstart this comeback for the Magic. And by the end of the third, they had cut the deficit all the way to within double digits. It was just 78-83, to and so it was back and forth throughout the fourth quarter, just about a five-point game throughout. But the Pelicans were able to hold on. The Magic were never able to break through. Cole Anthony hit an 11-footer with 154 left on the clock that cut the deficit to just two, but that was as close as the Magic would get. And overall, the stats were pretty similar for both teams. The turnovers, the rebounding, the field goal percentage, all within a couple of points of each other. The big difference was the three-point shooting. That was where the Pelicans had a huge advantage. They were 43% from beyond the arc, whereas the Magic were just 28%. So that was really the death knell for the Magic was the three-point shooting woes. And so with this loss, they now fall to 7-26. and So they are in second to last still in the Eastern Conference. One game up on the Pistons in last. And as we mentioned, seven games behind the Indiana Pacers in 13th. And the Magic still have that atrocious negative 9.3 point differential, worst in the league. They are 2-8 and eight in their last 10 games. And as for the Pelicans, this win takes them to 12-21. and 21. So they have been very respectable over the past couple of weeks. Basically, since getting Brandon Ingram back, uh, they are 6-4 and four in their last 10 games, and they're on a four-game winning streak. They're still in 13th in the West, but they're just one game behind the Sacramento Kings in 12th and one and a half games behind the Portland Trailblazers in 11th. And the Pelicans are just ahead of the Thunder in 14th. So it's pretty tightly contested there at the bottom of the Western Conference. And the Pels have a negative 4.6 point differential, which puts them where they should be. That is third worst in the West. All right, so moving on to the box score. And the Pelicans, as I mentioned, were led by Brandon Ingram. 31 points in 36 minutes. He was 12 of 23 from the field, 7 of 7 from the free throw line. He had 6 rebounds, 4 assists, and he was plus 2 in the plus minus. So once again, a solid effort for Brandon Ingram leading the way for the Pelicans. They also got 22 from Josh Hart. He was 7 of 10 from the field, 4 of 5 from beyond the arc, and he had 5 rebounds, 5 assists, and 1 steal. Another solid game for Josh Hart, and very reminiscent of his previous game. He had 20 points, 5 rebounds, and 5 assists against the Blazers a couple days ago. So consistency here for Josh Hart. He has been really solid in the starting lineup for the Pelicans, shooting very efficiently. And they also got 20 points from the point guard, Devontae Graham. He has really rounded into form uh, over the past couple of weeks this season. He had 20 points on 5 of 17 shooting, so the efficiency is still a little bit lacking for Graham, but all of his makes came from 3, and he was 5 of 5 from the free throw line. He had 5 rebounds and 6 assists as well. 8 points for Herb Jones, the rookie. He was plus 6 in the plus minus, and he was 3 of 6 from the field. He had 6 rebounds, 1 assist, 1 steal, 1 block. And as I mentioned, Willie Hernan Gomez rounding out the starting lineup at the center spot with no Jonas Valanciunas. He was pretty brutal, shooting the ball 1 of 11 from the field for just 3 points, but he at least had 16 rebounds and 1 steal. 
And off the bench for the Pelicans, they got eight points from Garrett Temple, the veteran wing, was three of six from the field in 22 minutes. They also got nine points from the backup point guard, Thomas Sadaransky. He was a team high, plus 10 in the plus minus. Six points for the rookie, Trey Murphy III. He had one three-pointer, three rebounds, one assist. Two points for Jackson Hayes, the backup big man, and one point for Gary Clark. And as for the Magic, they were led, as I mentioned, by the sophomore Cole Anthony making his return. He had 22 points and 11 assists in 37 minutes. He was 7 of 16 from the field, so not terrible, but 0 of 6 from beyond the arc. So definitely contributing to the Magic's overall terrible three-point shooting. But in addition to his 11 assists, he also had 5 rebounds, 1 steal, and 1 block. They also got a double-double from Wendell Carter, 17 points and 12 rebounds. The Magic looks so much better having those two capable guys in the starting lineup. Carter was 5 of 12 from the field. He had three assists, two steals, and three blocks as well, and he was plus 11 in the plus-minus. That was a starter's high. They also got 22 points from Gary Harris in 33 minutes. He was 9 of 14 from the field, 4 of 5 from 3. So he was Orlando's sole bright spot from beyond the arc. Well, actually, Admiral Schofield was 2 of 2 off the bench as well, but pretty much everybody else was pretty bad. And then the Magic also got 20 points from the rookie Franz Wagner in 34 minutes. He was 7 of 16 from the field overall, 5 rebounds, 2 blocks. And Chuma Okeke, rounding out the starting lineup, played just 17 minutes. He had 6 points in that time. So a disappointing output here for Okeke. He was negative 15 in the plus minus, which was a team low. Off the bench for Orlando, they got eight points from the aforementioned Admiral Schofield. As I said, he was two of two from three. He was three of three from the field overall. He had five rebounds, two assists, one steal, and two blocks. So nice production from Schofield. And he was plus 14 in the plus minus. That was a team high. They also got five points from Hassani Gravit in 17 minutes and four points from the backup big man, Robin Lopez. All right, and next up we can move on to Philadelphia where the 76ers were just edged by the Atlanta Hawks, 98-96. to Another heartbreaking finish here for the 76ers. Joel Embiid was unable to replicate his game-winning performance against the Celtics the other day. He had a really good opportunity to tie this game up at the buzzer. It was a wide-open jump shot, and he just missed it, so the Hawks held on and got this victory. It was a slightly rushed shot, though, when he finally got the ball with, like, one second left on the clock. So I don't blame Embiid too much, and that's especially considering that they had just made a pretty nice comeback to get back into the game. Bogdan Bogdanovich had hit a 17-footer with 125 left on the clock for the Hawks that put them up by six. So it was looking like the Hawks might cruise to victory in the end, but then Tyrese Maxey with 101 left on the clock hit a two-pointer. That cut the deficit to four, and then Joel Embiid himself made two free throws with just 29 seconds left on the clock. That cut the that deficit to two, but that was ultimately the scoreline in the end of the game as neither team was able to score from there on out, including, of course, the 76ers on that final possession. So Embiid certainly did his best. He led the team in scoring and rebounding. He had 23 and 10. And they also got 17 points from Tyrese Maxey off the bench, whereas the Hawks were led by Cam Reddish. He had 18 points, and they got 17 from John Collins. But it was a very shorthanded roster for Atlanta. No Trey Young, no Clint Capella, no Danilo Gallinari, and several other guys are still out as well. So credit to this shorthanded Hawks team for getting the victory in Philadelphia, a hard-fought win. And frankly, I think they deserved it. They shot better than the 76ers, 45% from the field, 29% from three. That's not incredible, but the 76ers were just ice cold, 41% from the field overall and 22% from three. They've had a couple of really bad three-point shooting games in the last couple of weeks, and they were also significantly out-rebounded by the Hawks, 46-38. to So really, in almost every way, Atlanta controlled this game, except for the turnovers. They were very sloppy with the ball, 16 turnovers for the Hawks versus just eight for the 76ers. 
So that's really why Philadelphia was able to get back into this game. But nonetheless, the Hawks get the win in the end, and that's all that matters. So they now improve to 15 and 16. So that is good for 10th in the Eastern Conference. They are just ahead of the Toronto Raptors in 11th, one and a half games up on the Knicks in 12th, and half a game behind a group of teams right ahead of them, the Hornets, Celtics, and 76ers. All three of those teams are at 500, so very tightly contested there in the middle of the Eastern Conference, and the Hawks have a plus 1.3 point differential. They're 4-6 and six in their last 10 games. And as for the Philadelphia 76ers, this loss takes them, as I mentioned, to 500. They are 16-16, and 16, tied exactly with the Boston Celtics, and they are also tied with the Charlotte Hornets below them, but they are 17-17. and 17. The 76ers have a negative 0.9 point differential, and they are 5-5 five and five in their last 10 games. All right, so moving on to the box score. And the Hawks, as I mentioned, were led by Cam Reddish. A really solid game for him in the starting lineup. He had 18 points in 28 minutes. He was 7 of 13 from the field, 0 of 3 from beyond the arc. He had one rebound, three assists, one steal. He was plus 13 in the plus minus. That was a team high. So a good game here for Reddish. And they also got 17 from John Collins in 31 minutes. He was very efficient, 7 of 11 from the field, 2 of 2 from beyond the arc. He had five rebounds, one assist, one steal. 14 points for Skylar Mays, also in the starting lineup. He was 6 of 11 from the field. He had 11 rebounds, 3 assists, 1 steal. 13 points for the sophomore big man on Yeka Okongwu in 34 minutes. He was 6 of 10 from the field. He had 8 rebounds, 3 assists, 1 steal, and 3 blocks. So really good to see Okongwu getting a chance to not only start, but play significant minutes for the Hawks, and he did very well in that time. Gorgie Jang started the previous game, but he came off the bench in this one. And rounding out the starting lineup was DeLon Wright, the point guard. In 34 minutes, he had 5 points, 5 rebounds, 6 assists. And so off the bench, they got 15 points from Bogdan Bogdanovich in 28 minutes. He was 4 of 17 from the field. Just one three-pointer. He had 5 rebounds, 2 assists. 12 points for Gorgie Jang, the backup big man, in 14 minutes. said 2 three-pointers, 5 rebounds, 2 assists, 1 steal. And 2 points for Lance Stevenson in 11 minutes and Wes Awundu. And as for the Philadelphia 76ers, they were led by who else but Joel Embiid. He had 23 points and 10 rebounds, although it wasn't the most efficient game for Embiid, just 6 of 17 from the field. But he was 2 of 2 from 3 and 9 of 10 from the free throw line. And so he also had 2 assists, 1 steal, and 2 blocks. 16 points for Tobias Harris, but also not a super efficient game for him. 5 of 14 from the field. He was 0 of 6 from 3, and he had 6 rebounds, 5 assists, 2 steals, and a block. 12 points for Seth Curry in 37 minutes. He was 5 of 9 from the field, 5 assists. 8 points for Matisse Thibel. He had 3 rebounds, 2 assists, 1 steal, and 2 blocks. And rounding out the starting lineup was Furkan Korkmaz. He had 6 points in 22 minutes. And off the bench for Philadelphia, they got 17 points from the point guard Tyrese Maxey. The sophomore in 34 minutes was 7 of 16 from the field. He had 1-3, one, 1 rebound, 3 assists, and 3 steals. They also got 8 points from Charles Bassey in 12 minutes. He had 8 rebounds. And 3 points from Isaiah Joe and Tyler Johnson. All right, and next up we can move on to Miami where the Heat got the victory over the Detroit Pistons, 115-112. to The Heat were led by Tyler Hero. He had 29 points and some late heroics to help the Heat secure this victory. He had an insane three-pointer, a fallaway with like 113 left on the clock at the end of this game. It was the go-ahead bucket. It put the Heat up by two, 112-110, to and they never trailed from there on out, although there was a couple more clutch shots from Sadiq Bey and Max Struess. Bay hit a 16-footer a couple seconds later with 59 seconds left, 
That tied the game back up, 112 all. And then Max Struess hit the final clutch bucket of this game. It was another insane three-pointer with 40 seconds left, and that was the decisive bucket that put the Heat up 115 to 112. So a crazy finish to this game, but the Heat ultimately getting the victory. The Pistons, for their part, were led by the veterans in the starting lineup. Trey Lyles had 28 points and 8 rebounds out of nowhere, and Sadiq Bey had 23. They also got 21 from the point guard, Corey Joseph. But there was no Cade Cunningham, no Killian Hayes, and no Isaiah Stewart available for the Pistons, which is why all those vets were in the starting lineup, and they were pretty competitive. Throughout this game, it was back and forth, and it was actually the Pistons who were leading throughout the majority of the first half. In fact, at one point, the Heat just went ice cold throughout the second quarter. It was like a stretch of five minutes in the middle of the second, and the Pistons actually built up a double-digit lead, so... It was quickly squandered by the middle of the third quarter, but nonetheless, the Pistons did well in this game, and they shot pretty efficiently, 45% from the field, 45% from three as well. That is really impressive. The Heat were just a little bit better overall, 48% from the field. They were 37% from three, but they only turned the ball over 13 times, so a good clean game here for the Miami Heat, and so with this win, they now improve to 20-13, and 13. so that is good for fourth in the Eastern Conference. They are half a game behind the Milwaukee Bucks in third, and half a game up on the Cleveland Cavaliers in fifth and the Heat have a plus 3.8 point differential which is second best in the east behind just the Cavs and they are on a two-game winning streak they're six and four in their last 10 games and as for the Detroit Pistons this loss takes them to five and 26 so they remain at the bottom of the east one game behind the Orlando Magic in 14th 16 and a half games off the top spot at this point and the Pistons are negative nine in the point differential, which is second worst in the league behind just, or sorry, ahead of just the Magic. They are on a two-game losing streak, and they're one and nine in their last ten. All right, so moving on to the box score. And like I said, the Pistons were led by Trey Lyles. 28 points for the big man in the starting lineup in 37 minutes. He was 7 of 13 from the field, 3 of 7 from beyond the arc, and 11 of 11 from the free throw line. Out of nowhere, Obviously, his best game of the season thus far. He had eight rebounds, two assists, one steal, and four blocks. He was plus 13, which was by far the team high. So, nice game here for Lyles. They also got 23 points and 10 rebounds from Sadiq Bey, the sophomore. He played 43 minutes and was also 7 of 13 from the field. He had four three-pointers, five rebounds, although he did have four turnovers, as did Lyles. They also got 21 points from Corey Joseph, the point guard, in 42 minutes. He was 7 of 15 from the field. He had five three-pointers, six rebounds, nine assists, and a steal. He had four turnovers as well. 19 points for Frank Jackson in the starting lineup as well. 39 minutes for Jackson. He was 6 of 15 from the field, 4 of 10 from beyond the arc. He had four rebounds, one assist, one steal. And 12 points for Hamadou Diallo in 34 minutes. He was 5 of 12 from the field, and he had six rebounds, five assists, two steals. And off the bench for the Pistons, they got four points from Josh Jackson in 21 minutes. He was just two of eight from the field. Three points for the rookie Luca Garza in just five minutes. And two points for Czech Diallo. There was no Saban Lee available for the Pistons either. And Jamorco Pickett saw the court for 15 minutes but did not score. And as for the Heat, they were led by Tyler Hero off the bench. He had 29 points in 34 minutes. He was 11 of 21 from the field, three three-pointers, four rebounds, four assists, and a steal. He was plus seven in his 34 minutes. So another really solid game, especially offensively for Tyler Hero. And that clutch bucket late in this one really helped secure the victory for the Heat. As for the starting lineup, still without Jimmy Butler and Bam Adebayo, they were led by Max Struess, another really solid game for him. 26 points, and he was 10 of 18 from the field, 5 of 11 from 3, and he had 6 rebounds, 1 assist, and 1 steal. 
They also got 21 from Kyle Lowry in 38 minutes. He was 9 of 15 from the field. He had two threes, four rebounds, six assists, and a steal. 15 points for Gabe Vincent in 33 minutes. He was efficient as well, 5 of 9 from the field, 4 rebounds, 7 assists. And Duncan Robinson and Dwayne Dedman rounding out the starting lineup for the Heat. They were brutal while they were on the court. A combined 0 of 8 from the field. Robinson had just 3 points, 4 rebounds, 2 assists. He was negative 13 in the plus minus, which was a starter's low. And Dedman just played 5 minutes before going out of this game. He had just 1 point in that time. And off the bench for the Heat, besides Tyler Hero, they also got 8 points and 12 rebounds from Omer Yurtsevin. In 25 minutes, he was 4 of 8 from the field. He had 1 assist, 1 steal. They also got 7 points from Udonis Haslam. The 41-year-old, in 12 minutes, had 5 rebounds as well. 3 points for KZ Akpala in 12 minutes, and 2 points for Marcus Garrett. All right, and next up, we can move on to New York, where the Knicks were defeated by the Washington Wizards, 124-117. to The Wiz were led by... Spencer Dinwiddie, one of his better games of the season thus far, he had 21 points and 12 assists, and they also got 20 from the rookie Corey Kispert, and 18 and 10 from Kyle Kuzma. There was no Bradley Beal in this one for the Wizards, but they rallied and got this victory in Madison Square Garden despite a 44-point outburst from Kemba Walker. Incredible stuff for him in the starting lineup, obviously his season high by far. He had 28 points in the second half alone, and they also got 23 from Julius Randle and 20 from Alec Burks. But in the end, they were just edged by the Wizards. This game was really close. Neither team ever held a double-digit lead. It was just back and forth throughout. It was actually Kyle Kuzma in the final two minutes of this one. He had two clutch three-pointers that really helped secure this victory. The second one came with 56 seconds left, and it put Washington up by 7, 118 to 111. So a nice hard-fought victory here for the Wizards, and they shot the ball very efficiently, 56% from the field and 43% from beyond the arc. Now, they did turn the ball over more than the Knicks, and they were out-rebounded, but New York just shot 31% from three and 45% from the field. So the Wizards were just too efficient in this game for the Knicks to handle, and so with this win, they now improved to 17 and 15. So that is good for sixth in the Eastern Conference there. One game up on the 76ers, Celtics, and Hornets in seventh, eighth, and ninth, and two games behind the Cleveland Cavaliers in fifth. And the Wizards still have that negative 2.2 point differential, which is worse than every team uh, below them in the Eastern Conference apart from the bottom two. Uh, but they are on a two-game winning streak, and they're three and seven in their last ten. And as for the Knicks, this loss takes them to 14 and 18. So they're still in 12th in the East, one and a half games behind the Raptors in 11th, and half a game up on the Indiana Pacers in 13th. The Knicks are just 3 and 7 in their last 10 games as well. They have a negative 1.2 point differential, which is fifth worst overall in the conference. All right, so moving on to the box score. And the Wizards, as I mentioned, were led by Spencer Dinwiddie, one of his best games of the season thus far. He had 21 points in 36 minutes. He was 7-14 from the field, three three-pointers. He had seven rebounds, 12 assists, one steal, and one block. Overall, really solid numbers for Spencer Dinwiddie, other than the free-throw shooting. He was 4-10 of 10 from the charity stripe. That is really bizarrely bad for Dinwiddie. But other than that, a nice line. And they also got 20 points from Corey Kispert, the rookie in the starting lineup. He was incredibly efficient. 6 of 7 from the field and 4 of 5 from beyond the arc. And he had 2 rebounds and 3 assists as well. He was plus 12 in the plus minus. 16 points for Aaron Holiday in 28 minutes. He had 4 3-pointers, 3 rebounds, 5 assists. 
18 and 10 for Kyle Kuzma in 33 minutes. He had those two clutch three-pointers late in this game, but prior to that, he was 0 of 6 from three, so really coming up clutch when it mattered the most, and he also had two assists, one steal, one block. He was plus 17 in the plus-minus, which was a team high, and Daniel Gafford rounding out the starting lineup had 11 points and six rebounds in 26 minutes. And off the bench for the Wizards, they got 15 points from the backup big man, Montrez Harrell. In 22 minutes, he was 6 of 7 from the field. He had 4 rebounds, 2 assists. 14 points for Denny Avdia, the sophomore, in 29 minutes was also really efficient. 5 of 8 from the field, and he had 5 rebounds, 2 assists, and 3 blocks. And they also got 5 points from the backup point guard, Howell Neto, and 4 points from Davis Bertans. And as for the Knicks, they were, of course, led by Kimball Walker, an incredible performance. After being out of the lineup entirely for several weeks, he has been thrust not only back into the rotation, but back into the starting lineup with all the COVID health and safety protocols, absences, and injuries that the Knicks are dealing with. And he was absolutely just incendiary in this game. 44 points in 43 minutes, 14 of 27 from the field, 7 of 14 from 3, and 9 of 9 from the free throw line. Incredible stuff for Walker. He had 9 rebounds and 8 assists as well, and he was plus 4 in the plus minus. He was the only star to have a positive plus minus. So really incredible game here for Walker. They also got 23 points from Julius Randle in 35 minutes. He was 10 of 22 from the field, 0 of 5 from 3, but 9 rebounds, 2 assists, and a block. 20 points for Alec Burks in 36 minutes. He was 6 of 16 from the field, 4 three-pointers, 7 rebounds, 3 assists. 8 points for the other two starters. Evan Fournier in 38 minutes was ice cold, 2 of 13 from the field. And 8 points as well for Mitchell Robinson, the big man in 25 minutes, was 4 of 4 from the field, and he had 3 rebounds. And off the bench for the Knicks, they got six points from Jericho Sims in 22 minutes. He was perfect, three of three from the field. Four points for Damian Dotson in 16 minutes. Two points for Todd Gibson, the backup big man, and two points as well for Obi Toppin, the sophomore. And Daniel House actually made his debut for the Knicks. He played three minutes off the bench. He didn't score in that time, but nonetheless, you'll love to see him out there for the Knicks. He is a very capable wing defender, and he just got bought out by the Rockets, so he chose New York in the end. But anyways, we can move on now to the next game. The Dallas Mavericks were defeated by the Milwaukee Bucks, 102-95. to Milwaukee is still without Giannis Antetokounmpo, so they were led in this game by Chris Middleton. He had 26 points, and they also got 24 from Drew Holiday. 22 from DeMarcus Cousins still in the starting lineup. Whereas the Mavericks were led by Jalen Brunson, they are also still without Luka Doncic. And so Brunson leading the team had 19 points in the starting lineup. And they got double-digit scoring from all four of the other starters, as well as Marquise Chris off the bench. But it feels like the lack of superstar talent for the Mavericks, as Chris Porzingis was also missing in this one again, uh, has started to catch up with them. They were just outplayed in the end by the Bucks. It was a pretty close game throughout. It was actually the Mavericks who were leading after the first quarter. They had outscored the Bucks 23 to 15. Incredibly, there was a stretch of like seven and a half minutes in the first quarter where the Bucks just could not buy a bucket. They scored all 15 of their first quarter points in that first couple of minutes. And then from 723 onwards, they did not score at all. The Mavericks didn't exactly capitalize on the situation, only scoring eight points throughout that span. But it was just a bizarre lack of offense for the Bucks throughout that period. But they eventually got things back together in the second quarter and quickly cut the deficit and tied the game up. And then it was just back and forth from there on 
shot out. And then in the fourth quarter, it was actually the Bucks that were dominant. They outscored the Mavericks 27 to 21. And so ultimately they cruised to victory at the end of the fourth and they shot the ball a little bit better than the Mavericks, 45% from the field, 27% from beyond the arc. The Mavs were just 40% from the field overall. And they did only turn the ball over 11 times, but they were also out-rebounded as well. So in the end, a good victory here, despite not having their two-time MVP, Giannis Antetokounmpo, for the Bucks. And so with this win, they now improved to 21-13. and 13. So they are still in third in the Eastern Conference, just half a game up on the Miami Heat in fourth, and half a game behind the Chicago Bulls in second. The Bucks are now on a two-game winning streak. They are 7-3 and three in their last 10, and they have a plus-three point differential. And as for the Mavericks, this loss takes them to 15-16. and 16. So they are in 7th right now in the Western Conference, tied with the Denver Nuggets in 8th, and just behind the LA Lakers in 6th, but they've played two more games. And they're half a game up on the Timberwolves in 9th, one and a half games behind the LA Clippers in 5th. The Mavericks are negative 0.2 in the point differential, which frankly puts them about where they should be in the conference standings. They're 4-6 and six in their last 10 games. All right, so we can move on now to the box score. And like I said, with no Giannis, the Bucks were led by Chris Middleton and Drew Holiday. Middleton had 26 points in 32 minutes. He was 8 of 14 from the field. He had two threes, five rebounds, seven assists, and a steal. He did have five turnovers, but nonetheless, really solid production from Middleton. He was 8 of 8 from the free throw line. They also got 24 points from Drew Holiday in 34 minutes. He was 8 of 14 from the field as well, 3 of 5 from beyond the arc, and he had 7 rebounds, 7 assists, and 3 steals. Really nice production for Holiday. 22 points for DeMarcus Cousins in 28 minutes in the starting lineup. He had 8 rebounds, 4 assists, 1 steal, and 1 block. Really nice production from Boogie Cousins with Bobby Portis still out. And they also got 9 points from Pat Connaughton in 30 minutes. He was 4 of 5 from the field, 8 rebounds, 2 assists. 5 points for Jordan Wara. He had 8 rebounds, 2 steals, and a block. And off the bench for the Bucks, they got seven points from Wesley Matthews in 18 minutes, five points for Grayson Allen. He was just two of eight from the field, though, and four points for George Hill. And as for the Mavericks, with no Luka Doncic and no Kristaps Porzingis, they were led by Jalen Brunson, the point guard. Once again, he had 19 points in 39 minutes. He was 7 of 15 from the field. He had two threes, four rebounds, eight assists. This has been a really impressive stretch, though, for Brunson as he has been carrying this team offensively with Luka out. They also got 14 points from Frank Nolakina in 38 minutes. He was 5 of 16 from the field, so offensively not the best game here for Nolakina, unsurprisingly. But he also had 5 assists and 2 steals. 12 points for Dorian Finney-Smith in 39 minutes. He was 3 of 11 from the field. 3 rebounds, 3 assists, 2 blocks. 10 points and 13 rebounds for Sterling Brown. He had 3 assists and a steal, although he was negative 15 in the plus-minus, which was by far the team low. And 12 points for Dwight Powell in 21 minutes, rounding out the starting lineup. He was perfect 5 of 5 from the field, and he had 3 rebounds, 2 assists, and a steal. And off the bench for the Mavericks, they got 13 points from Marquise Chris, a recent acquisition. In 13 minutes, he was 6 of 11 from the field. He had 5 rebounds, 2 steals. They also got 9 points from Theo Pinson in 22 minutes. 3 for Moses Brown, the backup big man. 2 for Brandon Knight, another recent acquisition, the veteran point guard. He played 10 minutes, but he was 1 of 4 from the field. And George King had 1 point in 4 minutes. 
All right, and next up, we can move on to Denver, where the Nuggets were defeated by the Charlotte Hornets, 115-107. to Charlotte was led by Kelly Oubre. He had 23 points off the bench, and they also got 17 from Terry Rozier in the starting lineup, whereas the Nuggets were led by Nikola Jokic, an incredible performance from him, 29 points, 21 rebounds, and 5 assists, and they also got double-digit scoring from six other guys, but unfortunately for the Nuggets, they were just outscored in the end by the Hornets. They were... 41% from the field and 34% from three. The Nuggets were actually a little bit better in both regards. And they also out-rebounded the Hornets, but it was the turnovers that really killed the Nuggets in the end. They had 15 versus 11 for Charlotte. And this was a really disappointing loss in the end because the Nuggets were leading significantly in the third quarter. Uh, it was a 20-point advantage in the third after the Nuggets had outscored the Hornets 39-25 to in the first. Or sorry, that was the second quarter. And then the third quarter, they outscored Charlotte 29-25. to So a significant lead heading into the fourth quarter for the Nuggets. And then they totally capitulated, fell apart choked, whatever you want to call it, in the fourth quarter. They were outscored 38-13 to in the final period. The Hornets dominated the Nuggets in that last quarter. With a minute 20 left, they finally took the lead off of a P.J. Washington three-pointer. They went up 108-105. to And then later, Ish Smith hit another clutch three-pointer off of a P.J. Washington assist with 39 seconds to go. That put the Hornets up by six, 113-107. to So a really disappointing loss here for the Denver Nuggets. They now fall to 15-16 and with this loss. So they are currently in eighth in the Western Conference, tied with the Mavericks in seventh, and half a game up on the Timberwolves in ninth. They are five and five in their last 10, but they're on a two-game losing streak, and they have a negative 0.4 point differential. And as for the Charlotte Hornets, this win takes them to 17 and 17. So they are in the middle of the East, tied at 500 with the Celtics and 76ers in 7th and 8th, but both of those teams have played two less games. The Hornets are half a game up on the Hawks in 10th. They have a negative 1.9 point differential and they're 4 and 6 in their last 10 games. All right, so moving on to the box score, and the Hornets were led, as I mentioned, by Kelly Oubre, 23 points in 32 minutes. He was 7-15 from the field. He had five three-pointers, four rebounds, one assist, four steals, and a block. Really incredible production from Oubre. And in terms of the starters, they got 17 points from Terry Rozier in 35 minutes. He was 5-15 from the field, but he had four three-pointers, seven rebounds, four assists. He was plus 15 in the plus-minus. That was a starter's high. They also got 16 points from Miles Bridges and LaMelo Ball. Ball, in 25 minutes, was 5 of 11 from the field. He had 5 rebounds, 4 assists, and 4 steals with a block. And Bridges also had 16 points. He had 5 rebounds, 3 assists, 1 three-pointer. 6 points for Gordon Hayward. He was ice cold in this game, 1 of 10 from the field. He had 4 rebounds, 3 assists, 1 steal. And 3 points for Mason Plumley, rounding out the starting lineup. He was just 1 of 3 in 20 minutes. But it was really the bench that was carrying the Hornets in the fourth quarter. It was Terry Rozier plus the bench squad. And so Jalen McDaniels was plus 13 in his 28 minutes. He had 12 points on 6 of 13 shooting, 6 rebounds, 2 assists, 13 points for P.J. Washington in 27 minutes, including that clutch 3-pointer late. He was 5 of 6 from the field overall. He had 3 threes, 9 rebounds, 5 assists, and 2 blocks. And they also got 9 points from Ish Smith. He was a team high, plus 27 in the plus-minus. In 15 minutes, he was 3 of 6 from the field. He had two rebounds, four assists, and two blocks. And as for the Denver Nuggets, it was a pretty incredible performance from Jokic. He stuffed the stat sheet, but it was not the best game overall. He had 29 points, 21 rebounds, five assists, and a steal, one three-pointer. But he was 13 of 34 from the field, so not very efficient at all. And he had six turnovers as well. So 
kind of an up and down game here for Jokic. He was plus two in the plus minus, which was actually the only positive plus minus on the entire team. They also got 11 points from the three other starters. Jeff Green in 25 minutes was five of six from the field. Will Barton was four of 10 from the field. He had nine rebounds, four assists. And Vlatko Chanchar in 19 minutes was five of six from the field. And he had four rebounds, two assists. And then three points for Monty Morris, the point guard. He was just one of seven from the field in 28 minutes. And off the bench for the Nuggets, they got 12 points from the backup point guard, Facundo Campazzo. In 33 minutes, he was 3 of 12 from the field. He had 5 assists, 2 rebounds, 3 steals. 10 points for Jamichael Green in 13 minutes. 11 for Austin Rivers. He was 3 of 5 from beyond the arc, and he had 5 rebounds. 6 points for Zeke Naji, the backup big man, in 17 minutes. And 3 points for the rookie, Bones Highland, but he was just 1 of 8 from the field. All right, moving on to Phoenix, where the Suns defeated the Thunder 113-101. to Phoenix was led by Devin Booker. Nice to see him back in the lineup for Phoenix. He had 30 points, and he also had 7 rebounds and 7 assists, and they got 19-12 and 12 from DeAndre Ayton, 21 from Cameron Johnson off the bench. Whereas the Thunder were led by who else but Shea Gildas-Alexander. He had 29 points in the starting lineup. He was 10-20 of 20 from the field, and they got 17 from Josh Giddy, the rookie. But unfortunately for the Thunder, they were just outplayed uh, throughout this game. It was close at the end of the second quarter, beginning of the third, but that was pretty much the only stretch of this game where the Suns were not leading pretty significantly. They had outscored the Thunder 29-17 to 17 in the first, but the Thunder came back in the second, outscoring the Suns 31-16. to 16. So by the end of the first, they had tied the game back up. And then at the end of the third, the Suns had started to pull away again. They outscored the Thunder 37-21 to in the third quarter. So they maintained a double-digit lead throughout the fourth. And in the end, it was a comfortable win for the Suns. They shot the ball very efficiently, unsurprisingly. 48% from the field, 38% from three. And they also out-rebounded OKC 52-44. to The Thunder were just 26% from beyond the arc and 38% from the field overall. So in general, a pretty poor performance here for the Thunder. But they at least um, only turned the ball over 13 times versus 14 for the Suns. So not the worst loss in the world here for the Thunder, especially against the league-leading Phoenix Suns, but a loss is a loss, and so they now fall to 11-20, second to last in the West. They are just behind the New Orleans Pelicans in 13th and two games up on the Rockets in 15th. And the Thunder have that negative 7.9 point differential, which is worst in the conference. They're 5-5 five and five in their last 10 games. And as for the Suns, this win takes them to 26-5. and five. They have a five-game winning streak right now, which is the best in the league. They are 8-2 and two in their last 10 games. They're half a game up on the Golden State Warriors in second, four games up on the Utah Jazz in third. And they have a plus 7.8 point differential, which is third best in the league behind the Warriors and Jazz. All right, so moving on to the box score and the Thunder, as I mentioned, were led by Shea Gildas-Alexander. He had 29 points in 39 minutes. He was 10 of 20 from the field, 2 of 6 from beyond the arc, and 7 of 7 from the free throw line. So overall, pretty efficient stuff for Shea, and he had 5 rebounds and 7 assists, although he also had 5 turnovers. They also got 17 points from the rookie Josh Giddy in 31 minutes. He was 7 of 17 from the field. He had 6 rebounds, 2 assists, 1 steal. 11 points for the other rookie, Jeremiah Robinson Earl, in 32 minutes. He was 4 of 9 from the field. He had 3 three-pointers, 5 rebounds, 1 block, although he was negative 19 in the plus-minus. That was a team low. 10 points for Lou Dort in 33 minutes. He was 4 of 16 from the field. He had 2 threes, 4 rebounds. And Aaron Wiggins, rounding out the starting lineup, had 5 points, 3 rebounds, 2 assists, 1 steal in 23 minutes. 
Off the bench for the Thunder, they got 10 points from the veteran backup big man Mike Muscala. He played 13 minutes only, but he was 3 of 6 from the field in that time, 6 rebounds. They also got 8 points from Darius Baisley in 18 minutes. He had 10 rebounds, 1 assist, 1 steal, and 1 block. 7 points for Kenrich Williams, the other backup big man. In 21 minutes, he was 3 of 6 from the field, and he had 4 rebounds. He was plus 10 in the plus-minus. And 4 points for Trey Mann, the third rookie. In 18 minutes, he was 2 of 8 from the field. Alexei Pokashevsky was just 0 of 2 from the field. He did not score in 12 minutes. And as for the Suns, they were led, as I mentioned, by Devin Booker. 30 points in 35 minutes. He was 12 of 23 from the field, 4 of 7 from beyond the arc. He had 7 rebounds, 7 assists, and 2 steals with a block. And he was plus 19 in the plus minus, which was a team high. So incredible stuff for Devin Booker. They also got a double-double from DeAndre Ayton, 19 points and 12 rebounds. In 31 minutes, he was 8 of 15 from the field. He had two assists and two blocks. He was plus 17 in the plus-minus. 16 for Chris Paul in 32 minutes. He was 7 of 14 from the field. He had five rebounds, seven assists, three steals. Seven points for Jay Crowder in 31 minutes. He had five rebounds, one assist, two steals, and two blocks. And five points for Mikhail Bridges, rounding out the starting lineup. He was 2 of 6 from the field. He had five rebounds. Off the bench for the Suns, they got 21 points from Cameron Johnson in 24 minutes. He was perfect, 7 of 7 from the field and 5 of 5 from beyond the arc. And he also had 9 rebounds, 3 assists, and 2 steals. They got 8 points from Cameron Payne in 17 minutes. He was just 3 of 10 from the field, though. He had 4 assists. 3 points for Landry Shamit in 18 minutes. He was just 1 of 5 from the field. And 2 points for JaVale McGee and Alfred Payton, but they were a combined 2 of 6 from the field. All right, and next up, we can move on to Utah, where the Jazz defeated the Minnesota Timberwolves 128-116. to The Jazz were led by Donovan Mitchell. He had 28 points, and they also got 20 and 17 from Rudy Gobert and 18 points from Boyan Bogdanovich. Whereas the Timberwolves were led by Malik Beasley, still in the starting lineup. He had 33 points in 43 minutes, and they also got 19 and 14 from D'Angelo Russell. But unfortunately for the Timberwolves, they lost Carl Anthony Towns to the COVID health and safety protocols before this game. And so they were severely shorthanded. So the fact that they were even in this game as closely as they were is a testament to some of those guys in the starting lineup, like Jaden McDaniels and Jake Lehman. They got double digit scoring from all five of the starters. But unfortunately for the Wolves, they just could not keep up with the Jazz in this game. They were outscored by eight in the first quarter, by four in the third quarter. And so it was a double-digit lead throughout most of the fourth. And the Jazz ultimately cruised to victory in the end. And they shot the ball, unsurprisingly, very efficiently, 53% from the field and 41% from three. The Wolves weren't bad. They were 44% from the field and 37% from three. But the Jazz were just a little bit more efficient. And so in the end, they got this victory and they now improved to 22-9. and So they are still in third in the Western Conference. Four games up on the Memphis Grizzlies in fourth and three and a half games behind the Golden State Warriors in second. The Jazz are eight and two in their last 10 games. They have a plus 10.4 point differential, which is tied with the Warriors for best in the league. And they're on a two game winning streak. And as for the Timberwolves, this loss takes them to 15 and 17. So they're in ninth right now in the West, half a game behind the Nuggets and Mavericks and Lakers in sixth, seventh and eighth and one and a half games up on the Spurs in 10th. And the Timberwolves have a negative 0.5 point differential, which puts them about where they should be in the conference standings. It's actually worse than the Spurs below them, but so are all four of the teams right ahead of the Spurs. The Timberwolves are on a two-game losing streak, and they're 4-6 and six in their last 10 games. 
All right, so moving on to the box score and the Wolves, as I mentioned, with no Carl Anthony Towns, and of course, they're still missing Anthony Edwards as well. So they were led in this game by Malik Beasley. In the starting lineup, he had 33 points in 43 minutes, his season high by far. He was 13 of 25 from the field, 7 of 16 from three, and he had six rebounds, one assist, and one steal. He was negative 14 in the plus minus, but all nine of the players to see the court for the Timberwolves were negative in that regard. They also got 19 points and 14 assists from D'Angelo Russell. He was 7 of 20 from the field, 4 of 8 from 3. He had 7 rebounds and 3 turnovers, but nonetheless, you love those 14 assists from Russell. They also got 17 points and 10 rebounds from the backup big man, Nas Reed, inserted into the starting lineup at the last minute with Towns going out. He was 6 of 14 from the field. He had 2 threes, 1 assist, 1 steal, and 1 block. 13 points for Jake Lehman in 36 minutes. He was 6 of 11 from the field. He had 7 rebounds, 2 steals, and a block. And 16 points for Jaden McDaniels in 37 minutes. He was 7 of 18 from the field. He had 1 3-pointer, 9 rebounds, 7 assists, 1 steal, and 1 block. And off the bench for the Wolves, they got 10 points from Jalen Noel in 19 minutes and 8 points from Nathan Knight, the backup big man. And as for the Jazz, they were led by Donovan Mitchell, 28 points in 38 minutes. He was 10 of 20 from the field, 4 of 11 from 3. He had 5 rebounds and 7 assists. He was plus 9 in the plus minus. The team high in that regard was his partner in the backcourt, Mike Conley. He had 17 points in 28 minutes. He was very efficient, 7 of 10 from the field, 2 of 3 from beyond the arc. He had 4 rebounds and 6 assists. He was plus 22 in the plus minus. 20 points and 17 rebounds for Rudy Gobert in 35 minutes. He was 8 of 14 from the field, just 4 of 9 from the free throw line, but he had 2 assists, 1 steal, and 4 blocks. And 18 points for Boyan Bogdanovich in 30 minutes. He was also really efficient, 6 of 10 from the field and 4 of 5 from beyond the arc, and he had 2 rebounds and 1 steal. And Royce O'Neal rounding out the starting lineup had 5 points, 1 rebound, 4 assists, and 2 steals. And off the bench for the Jazz, they got 16 from Joe Ingles in 23 minutes. He was 6 of 13 from the field. He had three threes, four rebounds, five assists, and three steals. 12 points for Hassan Whiteside, the backup big man, in 13 minutes was perfect. Four of four from the field and four of four from the free throw line, and he had three rebounds. Just five points for Jordan Clarkson. He was ice cold in this game, two of nine from the field, but he had three rebounds and seven assists. And seven points for Rudy Gay in 19 minutes. All right, and next up, we can move on to San Francisco, where the Warriors defeated the Memphis Grizzlies 113-104, to avenging their first loss to the Grizzlies earlier in the season. The Grizzlies were led in this game by John Morant. He had 21 points, and they also got 20 from Jaron Jackson Jr. and DeAnthony Melton off the bench. But the Warriors were led by Steph Curry. He was just incredible. Once again, 46 points. He had eight three-pointers. He was 12 of 12 from the free throw line, and he was a team high plus 15 in the plus minus. Just incredible stuff for Steph Curry, doing his best to extend his lead in terms of all-time three-pointers made as far as possible while he's got the chance. He is just insane in this game, and they also got 22 points from Gary Payton the second in the starting lineup. There's still no Andrew Wiggins for the Warriors, so they were a bit shorthanded, but in the end, it did not matter because they got an MVP caliber performance from Steph Curry. And at the end of this game, it was Gary Payton II, actually, who had a clutch three-pointer with 112 left on the clock. That bucket put the Warriors up by five. It was 107 to 102. And then Steph Curry hit another clutch bucket with 19 seconds to go that extended the lead to seven. So in the end, a good win here for the Warriors. And they shot, unsurprisingly, very efficiently, 48% from the field, 47% from three, thanks in large part to Steph Curry's eight three-pointers. 
Now, as they have a want to do, they were very sloppy with the ball. They had 19 turnovers versus just 13 for the Grizzlies. But unfortunately, Memphis, they were just too inefficient, 42% from the field and 30% from three. So with this loss, the Grizzlies now fall to 19 and 14. So they are still in fourth in the Western Conference, one and a half games up on the Clippers in fifth and four games now behind the Utah Jazz in third. The Grizzlies are now on a three-game losing streak. They're six and four in their last 10 games, but they do have a plus 1.8 point differential, which is fourth best in the West. And as for the Warriors, this win takes them to 26 and six. So they are still in second, but just half a game behind the Phoenix Suns in first and three and a half games up on the Utah Jazz in third. And the Warriors have a plus 10.4 point differential, which as I mentioned previously, tied with the Utah Jazz for best in the league. They're on a two-game winning streak and they are seven and three in their last 10 games. All right, so moving on to the box score, and the Grizzlies, as I mentioned, were led by John Morant. He had 21 points in just his second game back from injury. In 32 minutes, he was 6 of 15 from the field, 0 of 4 from 3. He was 9 of 10 from the free throw line, though. He had 3 rebounds, 6 assists, and a steal. 20 points for Jaron Jackson Jr. in 29 minutes. He was 6 of 12 from the field. He had 5 rebounds, 2 assists, 1 steal, 1 block. 13 points for Dylan Brooks in 35 minutes. He was just 6 of 15 from the field. One rebound, two assists, two steals. 12 points for Desmond Bain in 30 minutes. He was 4 of 11 from the field. He had two rebounds, one assist, one steal, one block. And Steven Adams rounding out the starting lineup did not score at all. He was 0 for 2 from the field in 23 minutes, and he had five rebounds and two assists. Off the bench for the Grizzlies, they got 20 points from DeAnthony Melton. In 25 minutes, he was 8 of 13 from the field. He had 9 rebounds, 1 assist, 2 steals, and a block. He did have 4 turnovers, but nonetheless, really solid production from Melton off the bench. And they also got 8 points from Kyle Anderson. 8 points as well for Xavier Tillman, the backup big man. He had 8 rebounds. And 2 points for Tyus Jones, the backup point guard, back to the bench. And as for the Warriors, of course, they were led by Steph Curry. 46 points in 37 minutes. He was 13 of 22 from the field, 8 of 14 from 3, and perfect 12 of 12 from the free throw line. Just incredible scoring for Curry. He had 4 rebounds, 4 assists, and 2 steals as well. They also got 22 points from Gary Payton the second In the starting lineup, of course, they are still missing Andrew Wiggins, like I said, and Jordan Poole. So Payton in the starting lineup was 9 of 16 from the field. He had four three-pointers, two rebounds, one assist, and one block. Eight points for Otto Porter Jr., also in the starting lineup in 30 minutes. He had two threes, nine rebounds, three assists, one steal, and three blocks. Eight points as well for Draymond Green. He was four of eight from the field. He had five rebounds, nine assists, two steals, and three blocks. Really solid uh, contributions throughout the box score for both of those veterans, Draymond Green and Otto Porter. And Kevon Looney rounding out the starting lineup had six points, five rebounds, and two assists. Off the bench for the Warriors, they got 9 points from Nemanja Bielica in 22 minutes. He was 3 of 8 from the field, 7 rebounds and 2 assists. 6 points for Jonathan Kaminga, the rookie, in 11 minutes. He was 2 of 4 from the field. Both of his makes came from beyond the arc. 6 points as well for Juan Toscano-Anderson in 26 minutes, but he was just 2 of 7 from the field. And 2 points for the other rookie, Moses Moody. All right, and finally, we can move on to Los Angeles, where the Lakers were absolutely demolished by the San Antonio Spurs, 138-110. to The Lakers were led by LeBron James. He had another incredible performance despite this disappointing loss, 36 points on 15 of 26 shooting. He had two threes, nine rebounds, six assists, so just incredible stuff once again for him, leading the team in points, rebounds, and assists, but unfortunately, he didn't get a lot of help. He had 30 points from Russell Westbrook, but that was it. No other 
other players scored more than 13 points for the Lakers. Whereas the Spurs were led by Keita Bates-Giop off the bench in 27 minutes, perhaps his best game of his entire NBA career. He had 30 points on a perfect 11 of 11 shooting, three of three from beyond the arc, and he had seven rebounds as well. So really not much you can do about perfect 11 of 11 shooting for Keita Bates-Giop off the bench for the Spurs. And they also got 23 points from Derek White. He was also very efficient, 7 of 11 from the field, and 16 and 10 from Keldon Johnson. Yeah, this game was a total blowout in the end. The Spurs shot incredibly efficiently, 48% from the field and 46% from three, whereas the Lakers were not bad at all overall, 46% from the field, but an abysmal 18% from beyond the arc, and to make matters worse, they turned the ball over 14 times versus just six for the Spurs. And so San Antonio got out to an early lead. They outscored the Lakers 33-24 to in the first quarter, and then they expanded upon that lead just a little bit in the second and third, outscoring the Lakers by two points in both of those quarters. So it was a modest lead for the Spurs heading into the fourth, but that's where they really blew this game wide open, outscoring the Lakers 33-18 to in the final period. So in the end, it was a 28-point margin of victory for San Antonio. Really just an abysmal capitulation by the Lakers in this game. And so with this loss, they now fall to 16-17. and 17. So they are still in 6th in the Western Conference, but they are just ahead of the Mavericks and Nuggets in 7th and 8th. Just one percentage point ahead of those teams in the win percentage because they've played two more games. And they are one and a half games behind their rivals in Los Angeles, the Clippers. And the Lakers are negative 2.2 in the point differential, which is worse than the four teams below them. They're on a four-game losing streak. They're four and six in their last ten. And as for the Spurs, this win takes them into 10th in the Western Conference. They have now moved ahead of the Sacramento Kings and Portland Trailblazers. They have been lurking in 12th or 11th for quite some time now, but they finally move up into the play-in game, and they are one and a half games behind the Minnesota Timberwolves in 9th, but now just half a game up on the Portland Trailblazers in 11th. They are now on a two-game winning streak. They're 5-5 five and five in their last 10 games, and they still have that plus 0.9 point differential. That is better than the four teams ahead of them. In fact, it's actually fifth best in the entire Western Conference. So we'll see how far the Spurs can rise here in the conference standings because they have been playing a lot better recently. All right, so moving on to the box score, and San Antonio, as I mentioned, was led by Keita Bates-Giop off the bench. He had 30 points in 27 minutes. He was 11 of 11 from the field, 3 of 3 from beyond the arc, 5 of 7 from the free throw line. Would have been nice if he was absolutely perfect across the board, but nonetheless, he had 7 rebounds, 1 steal, 1 turnover, but he was plus 20 in the plus-minus. Pretty much every player on the Spurs, literally every player on the Spurs had a positive plus-minus. A lot of the guys off the bench were significantly positive, and Keita Bates-G up was the best of the bunch, so really good game for him, perhaps a career best. And as for the starters, they were led by Derek White in 30 minutes. He was 7 of 11 from the field for 23 points. He had four three-pointers, three rebounds, seven assists, one steal, and two blocks. He was plus 16 in the plus-minus. That was a starter's high. They also got 16 and 10 from Keldon Johnson in 33 minutes. He wasn't quite as efficient, 4 of 14 from the field, but he had two three-pointers and one steal. They got 13 points from Doug McDermott in 22 minutes only. He was 3 of 5 from the field. He had five rebounds, one assist. Eight points for Jakob Pertl. The big man just played 21 minutes, and he was 4 of 8 from the field in that time. He had three rebounds and two assists. And nine points for DeJounte Murray rounding out the starting lineup. He was not very efficient at all in this game. 3 of 16 from the field, 1 of 5 from 3. He did have six rebounds, 13 assists, two steals, and two blocks, though. So as he does, stuffing the stat sheet despite the inefficient scoring. 
And off the bench for the Spurs, they got 21 points from Lonnie Walker in 25 minutes. He was 7 of 12 from the field. He had four threes, two rebounds, three assists, and one steal. They also got 13 points from Jock Landell, the Australian backup big man in 15 minutes, was 5 of 7 from the field. He had eight rebounds, three assists, and a steal. They also got five points from Devin Vassell, the sophomore, but he was just two of eight from the field. He had three rebounds, one assist, and that was it in terms of the scoring. Trey Jones and Drew Eubanks saw the court briefly but did not score. And as for the Lakers, they were led by LeBron James. Despite this discouraging loss, it was still an incredible performance from the King. He had 36 points in 35 minutes. He was 15 of 26 from the field, so very efficient. He had two three-pointers, nine rebounds, six assists, one steal, and two blocks. Just fantastic numbers, especially from a fantasy perspective for LeBron, but he was negative 23 in the plus-minus, which was a team low. But as I mentioned, they also got a 30-point night from Russell Westbrook. He was 12 of 20 from the field, so pretty efficient stuff for him in 35 minutes. He was 5 of 9 from the free throw line, but he had 7 rebounds, 4 assists, 1 steal. He did have 5 turnovers, but nonetheless, 12 of 20 from the field is pretty impressive. He's actually been not super inefficient over these past couple of weeks. They also got 13 points from Taylor Horton Tucker in 38 minutes. He was 5 of 13 from the field. He had 4 rebounds, 3 assists, 7 points for Wayne Ellington in 29 minutes. He was 3 of 9 from the field. And 4 points for Dwight Howard rounding out the starting lineup. He had 9 rebounds, 2 assists, and 2 blocks. And off the bench for the Lakers, they got 9 points from Carmelo Anthony in 21 minutes. He was 3 of 8 from the field. He had 3 rebounds, 1 steal, and 1 block. They also got 5 points from DeAndre Jordan, the backup big man. He had 4 rebounds in 7 minutes. And then they just got two points from Jamario Jones, Isaiah Thomas, and Mason Jones. Jones and Thomas were a combined two of ten from the field. Rajon Rondo saw the court for 12 minutes but did not score. All right, and that will do it for our box score breakdown. So we can now move on to fantasy, the standout and surprising fantasy lines of the night. And we had a bunch of really good options considering all the games. So just to run through a couple of the contenders, you had 17 and 12 from Wendell Carter with two steals and three blocks couple of really nice performances out of Indiana. Karis LeVert had 24 and 11 with eight rebounds and Miles Turner had 32 and 10 with two blocks. And then Steph Curry was probably the toughest omission. He had 46 points in 37 minutes. He was 13 of 22 from the field, 12 of 12 from the free throw line. And there's one other omission that we will get to in just a second with surprising line of the night. But for standout line of the night, we're going to go with LeBron James. Despite the disappointing nature of this loss to the San Antonio Spurs, he still just stuffed the stat sheet and did it incredibly efficiently. 36 points in 35 minutes. He was 15 of 26 from the field, 2 of 7 from 3, and 4 of 6 from the free throw line. He had 9 rebounds, 6 assists, 1 steal, 2 blocks. He did have 3 turnovers, but nonetheless, the efficiency is just incredible. The uh, 15 combined rebounds and assists, the 3 combined steals and blocks, it's all just really fantastic stuff. So LeBron James is your standout line of the night. He has been exceeding expectations thus far this season from a fantasy perspective. And as for surprising line of the night, there was no question about it. We were going with Kemba Walker. He was absolutely also in contention for standout line of the night, but we wanted to spread the love around a little bit. So Kemba Walker perhaps eclipsed by Steph Curry later in the night, but nonetheless, he was still incredible. 44 points in 43 minutes. He was 14 of 27 from the field, 7 of 14 from the three-point line, and 9 of 9 from the free throw line. And he had 9 rebounds and 8 assists as well, so really stuffing the stat sheet. And it is just remarkable to consider what Kemba has done in this game, considering that he was completely out of the lineup entirely just a couple of weeks ago. So really incredible stuff for Kemba. He is your surprising line of the night, and LeBron James is your standout line of the night. 
All right, and that will do it for fantasy. So we can now move on to our preview for not tonight because there are no games on in the NBA tonight, December the 24th. So we are looking at the Christmas Day games on December the 25th, and we have five games on in the NBA on Christmas. So starting off in New York, the Knicks are taking on the Atlanta Hawks, and the Knicks are minus four and a half. In Milwaukee, the Bucks are taking on the Boston Celtics, and the Bucks are minus three and a half. In Phoenix, the Suns take on the Golden State Warriors, the two top teams in the league, and the Suns are favorites. They are minus four and a half. In Los Angeles, the Lakers take on the Brooklyn Nets, and the Lakers are minus one. And finally, in Utah, the Jazz are taking on the Dallas Mavericks, and the Jazz are minus 11 and a half. All right, so a couple of interesting lines here. Obviously, all juicy matchups because they like to stack the schedule on the Christmas Day games, but I am super intrigued by that Suns-Warriors matchup. That seems like a little bit high of a line, minus 4.5. I would probably be leaning towards the Warriors in that one, plus 4.5, but I'm actually going to stay away from that one. We've got one best bet for today. I was also intrigued by the... Dallas Mavericks plus 11 in Utah. That just feels like a little bit of a high line, but they still may be without Luka Doncic and Chris Tapps Porzingis. So frankly, I can't go against the the Utah Jazz at home. They are just specialists in terms of demolishing mediocre teams. So ultimately, we've just got the one best bet for today, and it's going to be the Atlanta Hawks plus four and a half in New York. Now, to be fair, the Hawks are really banged up. They're missing Trey Young, and they're still missing several other guys. But the Knicks are missing a couple guys as well. And frankly, over the last couple of weeks, It just doesn't feel like the Knicks should be four and a half point favorites against any of the teams ahead of them in the Eastern Conference. The Hawks are 15 and 16. The Knicks are just 14 and 18. They are two spots below the Hawks uh, in 12th. The Knicks are just three and seven in their last 10 games. They had that disappointing loss to the Wizards last night, whereas the Hawks got that rousing victory and they are plus 1.3 in the point differential versus negative 1.2 for the Knicks. So I think this is a pretty easy pick, even considering all the injuries and absences that the Hawks are dealing with. I think Onyeka Okongwu can fill in quite nicely for Clint Capella. Cam Reddish was dominant in that game, and Bogdan Bogdanovich can also light it up as well. So I think the Hawks can easily cover this line. They might not win the game, but I think that's just too high of a line. So we're going to take the Atlanta Hawks plus four and a half in New York, and that will do it for us today. So thank you so much for tuning in. If you'd like to follow the show, on social we are at nba recap pod or you can just search youtube or smart speakers for nba recap podcast there will be no episode tomorrow but we will be back on the 26th to recap all five of those christmas day games so until then thanks for tuning in